everybody, Ashley Cooley here, owner of Birth Baby Sleep, host of the Bringing a Baby podcast. Welcome back to the show. Today we're talking about white noise. It's something that I get asked about quite a bit, of course, because it's related to little ones getting better sleep. So why wouldn't I get asked about that as a sleep consultant? Um, Not everybody has to use white noise, but white noise can be for everybody. I actually love myself some white noise for myself. I sleep with a fan on all year long, all the time, for as long as I can remember. I remember having my babies at the hospital, brought my fan with me. If ever I'm at a hotel or sleeping somewhere, else I bring my fan with me usually sometimes I I would say like maybe the odd time I forgot it or maybe I just felt like I'm that crazy person bringing a fan so maybe I won't do it this time (laughs) but uh, I'd always have a backup somehow so white noise isn't actually a bad sleep crutch to have I don't think anything really is Um, but I think anything that can be used safely and appropriately that can help you fall asleep and stay asleep why would that be a bad thing Though it is for everybody, or it can be for everybody, white noise is especially helpful for newborns, okay? And here's why. When babies are in the womb, the noises that they hear, particularly blood flow, maybe some digestion, experts say that those noises are equivalent to having a vacuum turned on in the same room. So white noise, specifically noises with a constant kind of hum or shushing, static from a radio kind of stuff, or the fan help mimic these noises that babies were used to in the womb. And so this is something that we actually do really know quite well about babies is that anytime we can mimic what it was like in the womb, it usually helps, it serves them well for soothing, for sleep and that kind of thing. So white noise can come from all different kinds of things. Like I've been saying, I use a fan. Maybe it's a static from a radio station that's not actually a radio station. Um, it's an app on your smartphone. You can actually get white noise machines, which a lot of people do and use. Battery-operated white noise machines are a game changer, you guys, because if your baby needs white noise while out and about, taking it with you is super easy, or if the power goes out, okay? That's like the biggest thing that all parents universally everywhere, if the power goes out during a nap or overnight, we immediately think, oh no, baby's going to wake up (laughs) prematurely, and they often do. So some toys actually even have some white noises or lullabies built in. But in general, we want to avoid those kinds of things because they usually don't stay on all night or for the duration of sleep. It's more likely a lullaby or waves crashing or something like that where the noises would go loud and soft at different times. We definitely don't want those louder noises popping on at the wrong moment, uh, nor do we want it to go silent at the wrong moment either. So that's really one of the key things to it. I'm going to break down basically my top five tips around white noise here in a second. And the other thing when it comes to newborns in their sleep, not necessarily white noise related, but just noise related. When I'm talking about newborns, by the way, I'm talking about those specifically under six weeks of age, okay, give or take. But what what we want to do in that time with sleep is not only maybe have some white noise going on at nighttime, naps are going to be probably a different story because they're not usually sleeping in their own space. They're sleeping on you on the couch or on a little mat or bassinet or something in the living room or while out and about. And we actually encourage that. We encourage that, especially in that newborn phase, because it really helps them with that whole day and night confusion, setting their circadian rhythms. So having them sleep and nap during the day when you're out 
out and about or when you're just in like a busy spot of your home, the living room, kitchen area, whatever that is, and have the noises on when people come to visit or if somebody else is in the home, don't make you don't have to whisper. Um, having those noises go on throughout the day is really going to help them with their circadian rhythms and help them to sleep with those other little noises around. But at nighttime, and maybe when they're a bit older, and they are sort of having those more independent naps in their crib or in their own rooms, that's where we can keep some of that consistency with the duration of their sleep. So Speaking of, let's break down my top five tips for using white noise, regardless of how old your little one is. Okay, so this is for the older kiddos as well, and probably get some tips. Sometimes we want to incorporate some white noise for toddlers if we have a new baby in the house and maybe we're doing sleep training. Gosh, guys, there could be tons of reasons why it could be helpful. So let's break it down. First tip is we want to use a humming or shushing sound. So like I was saying earlier, a constant noise from, say, a fan, static from radio, um, hair dryers, showers, like think that kind of noise, okay? That is technically white noise, and that is what we want to use, that humming and shushing, rather than, like I said, lullabies, waves crashing, any noises that go loud and soft, we want to try to avoid those, okay? The second tip is you want to try not to have it go over 60 decibels, okay? This is getting a bit technical here, and you're probably going to have to download. There's a ton of free apps, actually. There's one called Decibel Meter that I use. So if you don't have that app or just another way to, to think about this or test this, is that when the white noise machine or sound is going, you should be able to have a conversation with somebody standing next to you, like let's say within arm's reach, without having to raise your voice to each other. Okay, so you can still kind of hear the conversation fairly easily, even with this white noise on. Highly recommend checking out the decibel meter or similar app, just so that you have a really good idea of what that noise level should be. Piggybacking on that, tip number three is keeping that white noise machine or wherever the sound's coming from at least seven feet away from baby. So we want that 60 decibels to be coming out at about seven feet away from baby. So if you have multiples, try putting it in the middle of wherever everyone's sleeping. If there's twins on either side of the room, put it in the middle. If you have triplets, whatever it is, trying so it's kind of at the same distance for all of them, that would be ideal. It's not always possible. Just putting that out there. Um, If you have siblings that share a bedroom wall, place the machine along that shared wall on either end of, kind of in both of their rooms to block that out if that's something that's necessary for you. Um, If it's outside noises, you're trying to drown out, say, some construction or you live on a busy street, place it by the window. That can be really helpful. So having it where the noise is coming from, if it's an outside noise that could be bothersome uh, to help drown that out. Or maybe if it's just to have it on to help them fall asleep and stay asleep, you can put it anywhere just as long as it's about seven feet away from your baby. That is a good safe distance at the 60 decibels. So it's not going to harm those little eardrums. Tip number four, have it on for the entire duration of sleep. This is why I was saying earlier that the toys that have the lullabies or might have some white noise usually aren't the most effective machines or things to use because they usually have a timer on them or they turn off at a certain point. And so maybe it helps your baby fall asleep, but when they're getting out of a sleep cycle, which is usually about 30 minutes, give or take during the day, but it can be 
one to two hours or so overnight. They get out of a sleep cycle. They're getting into a lighter state of sleep. They're kind of realizing and and almost checking their surroundings while they're still half asleep. Has everything stayed the same? Are we still in a an environment that's conducive conducive to sleep? Can I fall asleep again more easily here? The answer would be more likely to be yes if you still have that white noise going, more likely to be no if it has turned off. So whatever you are using, put it on during that pre-sleep routine right before you're putting baby down and keep it on until they wake up or it's till nap time's over or whatever it is. Last but not least, double up if necessary. So if you're worried about louder noises that might come from the rest of the house, say you still have other kids when the baby is sleeping or you're trying to get your toddler to sleep but the baby is up and maybe crying or you know kitchen noises, whatever it is, instead of thinking that we need to increase the sound of the white noise and so therefore potentially going beyond those 60 decibels, double up, get another machine or use your phone or something and put it on the outside of their bedroom door. So having the noise or the white noise be near the space where other noises could be coming from, like putting it by the window if it's outside or putting it by the door if it's from there, but have they can have their own white noise machine for their room and their space, but you can have another one outside the door to help drown out those noises without increasing the decibel level. All right, so a little quick and dirty episode here about the white noise. Wanted to share those five tips. If you're looking for more information on this or baby sleep in general, we have tons of great episodes on here, including ones about naps, early morning wake-ups, overnight wake-ups, you name it. Just get scrolling and find our other episodes on that. But if it's not enough or you've already checked those out and you want more, consider joining our Bringing Up Baby community. It's a membership-based platform that houses all kinds of additional content related to sleep, feeding, milestones, daycare transitions, and a bunch more. But full disclosure, it's mostly sleep-related, okay? Um, I'm live in the membership once a week for questions and connection. You can connect with other parents of little ones around the same ages anytime on our platform, and we all learn and grow together. If you have any questions about this at all, go check out birthbabysleep.ca, send me an email to ashley at birthbabysleep.ca, or find me on Instagram at birthbabysleep and send me a DM. Always happy to chat, always wanting to keep you well rested. Happy sleeping. If you're looking for more information or support along your parenting journey, check out birthbabysleep.ca. That's where you're going to find prenatal classes, postpartum and new baby resources, and sleep support during the childhood years. You can now join our Bringing Up Baby community membership as well, which has tons of additional benefits to helping you through all kinds of sleep challenges and transitions, navigating the transition to solid foods, and even your transition through early parenthood. If you have any questions, just send them my way. Lastly, but certainly not least, if you got something out of this episode or our show in general, leaving a rating or a quick review goes a really long way to helping others find us. So please consider leaving one. That's all for now. I'm Ashley Cooley and we'll see you back here next time.